welcome to the Leveled Up Podcast. I'm Megan Johnson. And I'm Danae Osted. This week, we actually have the first part of a two-part episode that talks about what a lot of you guys are thinking about right now. How do you continue to dream big when everything is weird? Guess what? It's weird for us too, and we're going to talk about it. So stay tuned for the Leveled Up Podcast. So we're coming up on Thanksgiving next week when we're recording this. And when everybody listens to this, we're going to be really in the middle of the Christmas season swing. And we just went through a weird election, and we're in this weird COVID time. And nothing's predictable. Um, So I just feel kind of weird all in every way. (laughs) I don't know. I I mean, I've talked to enough people to know that there's a lot of people feeling that way. But um, how's weird? How's this weird world showing up for you, Danae? In a pretty weird way, man. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's something that I feel like everybody can't stop talking about and how can we, right? Like as of right now, um, we just went through this period where for the last like three months, something like that, things were not quite back to normal, but they were kind of heading in that direction, right? Restaurants were, were open, even if you had to wear a mask and stores are open and the gyms were open and a lot of things were kind of almost back to normal, obviously with some restrictions and some precautions in place. But over this last week where I am anyway, um, and I know Megan, you're kind of in a similar area, at least for work, if not for living, but mm-hmm. we just went through another kind of round of shutdowns. So not just like restrictions, but full on shutdowns. Like we're back now to um, bars being closed completely. Like Uh, restaurants are closing at, you know, they're doing last call for alcohol at eight o'clock. You can only do outdoor dining. There's no indoor dining around here. So it's funny if you drive by all the restaurants by my house anyway, some of those have, have you seen those ads on Facebook? It's got these like cool, like they're almost like igloo style domes. Yeah. They're cool. Yeah. They're, they're like cool, like tents, but they're putting all of these places outside basically so that people can use outside dining at the end of November right? It's like 40 degrees outside or less right now, which doesn't sound very cold. And it's not for this time of year, but it's cold enough that I wouldn't voluntarily eat outside. And so there's like, even the fine dining restaurants by my house over at Del Frisco's, they've got tents set up outside because you can't dine indoors, but you could dine indoors if it's outside. Ugh, I know it's-, Just, it, it's, it's really weird. And it's, it's so interesting that, you know, all these business owners, and I will say, say what you will about you know, how, however you believe and whatever you believe is happening right now, what, whatever you believe here, it's very sad how many businesses are now having to go back into a shutdown phase when they thought they were recovering. Yeah. Um, one of the things too, that's, that's so interesting to me. Um, so first of all, we have this new in and out opening. Uh, I know everybody probably heard about that over in North Aurora, but there's a 12 hour line, literally a 12 hour line. I think 14 in the Springs. Oh my God. So a 12 to 14 hour line to get in and out. Like, isn't that insane? You could literally, and I saw people posting this on Facebook. You could literally drive to Utah. It'll take you eight hours and you can go to in and out there. (laughs) It'll be faster than getting in and out here. You have to include the drive back. So there's probably some 
some sway time in there. But I the know inter- exactly where that in and out is uh, in Provo, and I've eaten there lots of times. Just okay. For the record. <laughs> good, good to know. But I saw somebody post today that there's a you know 12 hour line at In and Out, but they also listed the the list of restaurants below it of all of the restaurants in Denver that have closed since all of this started, and it's like a hundred names long. Like mm-hmm. it's a list that just goes on and on and on and on and on. And so I can say that this has been such a weird, almost like year long valley of despair and. I mean that because not that the whole thing has been bad because it hasn't like there've been a lot of like leaps and bounds in my business and in my, my life and things like that. But um, we're going through all of these false starts and all of these fallbacks and it's put all of us in a place where we all just kind of have to roll with the punches and there's not much we can do about it. You know, you can, you can prepare yourself, you can be resilient, you can, you know, prepare your, your, family and your business for as much as you can. But the reality is that none of us really know what's going to happen. We still don't know how long this is going to last. We don't know what a vaccine is going to look like. Like we don't really know much at this point. And it's so interesting that, that we're still in this spot, you know, seven, eight months later after all of this started and we're almost, we're almost to a year, you know, we're almost right back to where this started last time. And how is anybody supposed to predict what's going to happen? You can't, I right? I um, I very often am. I'm the type of person that, when I have consults with uh, possible clients, I run through like, is this financially the right time? Is this the right time for you in a lot of ways, operationally, personally, whatever, but also financially. And a lot of times, I give a good hack with no guarantees. Like, I think we can get you this much business if we, you know, after my initial. Uh, understanding of what's going on, I can say, I think, you know, I think we can, I'm pretty confident that we can change your business and we can look at this much revenue in the, in the six months that we work together. Um, And right now I'm really having a hard time doing that. And I've got businesses that just need the help and even businesses that are like on the verge of becoming great. I had a great consult even today um, that are just, they're going to crush it, but it's, I can't even predict that for them. And I don't mean I can't, like I'm some fucking sage because I'm not, but I've, <laughs> I've been around. <laughs> I've been around long enough to be like, yeah, this, this makes sense and we can do this. Um, and even right now in this weird time, it's hard for us small business owners to even be, um, to have any sort of prediction on what's going to happen next. And I think uh, there's a lot of businesses right now that really count on the holidays um, especially brick and mortars, especially anybody that lives in a mall, um, that just really count on, uh, the holidays. And I don't know that we can, and that's for a lot of product-based businesses because people are buying things and service-based businesses are kind of expecting a slowdown right now. in, in a lot of ways, especially B2B, how do we help businesses between you and me, you help people directly and I help businesses directly. And those two things are so intertwined because you help people with businesses (laughs) Um, (laughs) that uh, like, what are you, what are the conversations you're having around? Like, it's okay to dream big right now, even though everything's weird. And I think that's a conversation I want to have today because the context that we just set that you just set so beautifully with like, 
the weirdness of like launching large chains are launching and getting all the, all the commotion while small businesses are laying off all their employees. Like is this weird context that we live in right now, but we like, I know you're in lockstep with me and we still need to encourage people to have big dreams because this isn't forever. Right. Yeah. The hard part is it feels like it's going to be forever because every time we're like, all right, here we are making progress on the way out. Be like, nope, just kidding. Like back into lockdown we go. So I guess there's, there's a couple of things happening right now in in my world that are pretty indicative of, of what's happening. The first is I think everybody's kind of in not really a depression. That's not what I'm looking for, but kind of just like the, the doldrums of November. You know, the doldrums. Hang on. Doldrums. It's a real word. D o l d r u m s. D u l d r u m s. Yeah, that's a. I'm looking that up, and we'll put the definition in the show notes. But that's a new word for me, and I like. I love words. That's what I'm here for. I love. Uh, here's here's the definition as I pull it up right now because I was like, oh shit, should I have said that? That was a real word, right? Like sometimes I say things, and I'm like, how do I know that's a word? Like I've read it before, but. Anyway, a state or period of inactivity, stagnation, or depression. As in the mortgage market has been in the doldrums for three years. Okay, so I did use that correctly. It is a real word. Let that go on the record. So uh, the doldrums of November and that a lot of people are feeling kind of stagnant right now because we're kind of just in a holding pattern and we've been here for a little bit. So what I'm seeing is that a lot of people who had enthusiasm about a lot of things a few months ago when it felt like we were kind of progressing outwards, uh, a lot of that enthusiasm has calmed, I think, um, for, for some people anyway, including, you know, when I think about, you know, I'm training all these advisors right now and they're also working hard. They're still showing up to trainings. They're still, you know, doing things. They're still running businesses, but I feel like, right now, there's not a lot of excitement in the air. You know, there's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of fear. There's a lot of anxiety, but not a lot of, of indications that people should be excited or enthusiastic right now. Even going into the holidays, I think people are a little down. I mean, we're, we're on the verge of Thanksgiving here. And all I see on my Facebooks are warnings about getting together with family and Mm -hmm. a, a Thanksgiving over zoom is better than Christmas in the ICU. And like, I know that one sounds a little dramatic to me, but, uh, you know, like even, even things that we're usually pretty excited for to lead up to, we're like, oh, well, here's a, I get a weekend off, but it's just kind of more of the same. Like, I know. Oh, I'll be on zoom with my family. Great. Like that's, that's a fun, exciting holiday for everybody. I know. Like, and again, regardless of how you feel, it's disappointing. Like it's just yeah. disappointing across the board. Like, and I feel like people are starting to feel the same way about Christmas. Although I do think that um, I've seen more on my Facebook than any other time. And I'm not on Facebook very much. I'm more of an observer than I am a participant most of the time. But uh, one thing I have seen is a lot of people who are very actively looking to support small businesses this Christmas, because I think a lot of people are recognizing that the world is kind of run by a whole bunch of large conglomerates and Amazon doesn't need your money. Walmart doesn't need your money. Google doesn't need your money. But all of these small business owners 100% do. And I think there's a lot of people who are actively wanting to support people in their community uh, more than they have before. Because before it was like an afterthought. It was like, oh, yeah, of course I care about small business. Right? We have a small business Saturday right after Black right. Friday. And, yeah, I'll, I'll support it if it makes sense, but not if I can get a better deal at Amazon, right? But 
I think this year people are starting to become so conscious of what's happening that they're like, I, I want to do something, right? Yeah. I want to actively participate. I'll get takeout at my favorite restaurant. I'll, you know, buy from somebody who's, who's hand making something like I want to be a part of my community. And I think if there's one positive thing about what's going on right now, it's, it's that, and maybe that's on a smaller scale. Um, because I think that, you know, on that side, yeah, everybody wants to support small businesses, but Amazon is still, you know, tripling in size every day or something like that. So everybody's doing what they can. So that's, that's one thing that's going on. Um, I will say that people are still kind of in a place of insecurity and and kind of fear when it comes to their finances right now. Um, There's a lot of people who want to make moves, but they're still a little bit scared. Yeah. And that's, that's okay. And I, I understand how, where people are feeling right now, but the question for a lot of people, right. Cause there's been a lot of good things to happen in finance this year. Whenever there's some sort of large market fluctuation, as there has been this year, there's challenges, but there's also a lot of opportunities. And a lot of times you miss out on the opportunities if you're not willing to not necessarily take a leap of faith but a leap of trust that you know what you're doing and that your plan and your strategy is solid. So even in down markets, right, the plans you have in place in finances, in theory, are supposed to be just as good for you in downtimes as they are in good times. So well, and I, I think what, whether we're talking about finance or we're talking about small business, like one of the great things about the capitalist society that we live in is that there's opportunities on either side. There's opportunities yeah. no matter what the markets are doing, no matter what the government is doing. There's, there is definitely opportunities as long as we continue to live in a free and capitalist society. And so like there's like people get the doldrums um, because of what we expect is really not what happening. And maybe our plan isn't really what's panning out, but that doesn't mean that there isn't great opportunity everywhere. And so, you know, you and me and Stephanie, we just hammered this when the first shutdowns happened is there's opportunity. Please don't think that there isn't continuing opportunity out there. Um, And, you know, when you look at one of the things I do to give me myself reassurance is I look at the markets, pull up like the NASDAQ, pull up the S&P, pull up the Dow um, and look at it in one year and then look at it in five years and then look at it in 10 years and then look at it in lifetime. And you're like, this is nothing. We're going to be fine. Yeah. I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. I understand the threat for people getting ready to sell their business, getting ready to retire. Like that gets a lot scarier. Um, that gets a lot different, but anybody in your, in my bracket where we're like mid career, early career, um, and, or even three quarter career for some of us, yeah. uh, you've got a lot of time and there's no, nothing that says that everything is going to bounce back. Things are going to even out. There's so much more to government than just our president. There's so much more to bounce back after the, um, the vaccine comes into place. And so I think for me in this episode, really what I want to talk about and what I want to encourage people is still dream big. Like things are weird things, you know, it's totally understandable that people are, are unsure and not really, um, not really confident in a lot of decisions because we all are there, but that doesn't mean that you just like scrap everything you've been dreaming of. That doesn't mean that you can't continue to put plans in place when things return to some semblance of normalcy. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree with that. And it's, it's hard because I feel like a lot of what people are having to do right now is pretty comparable to there's, 
so I think that there's this shift that happens and it's, if you've read the E-Myth, right. And I know that you have, um, there's the shift that happens when you become a business owner, because if a lot of people want to start a business because they're really good at the activities that their business does, right. If you're really good at making pies, then you might want to open up a pie shop, right. And turn it into a business. But when you turn it into a business, all of a sudden, you're not just a pie maker anymore, right? You don't just get to do the the technical parts of the job that you were initially really good at and had a passion for. Now, you not only have to do that, but you have to also do all of the bookkeeping and all of the finances and all of the you know, projections and the business planning and the advertising and the marketing and the, you know, showing up early and staying late and all of the things that come along with that. And so the original part of it that you originally got into isn't necessarily what you get to do anymore. And when you do get to do it, a lot of times it turns into something that you resent because you have to, and not something that you get to, right? Just on the list of things you get to do. So that's kind of an analogy for the weird changes that are happening right now, because a lot of times people get into business because they want to do things a specific way, right? I love training people in finance because I love doing in-person workshops. I love getting up in front of people. I love meeting with people in their houses and learning about their families and their finances. Like I love that component of what it is that I do. But now the shifts that we're having to make where now like, yeah, I can still do workshops, but it has to be over a webinar. Well, that's not what I got into this to do. I don't enjoy doing webinars, right? Like I don't, well, although this is something that's necessary right now and part of whatever the new normal is, and it's still part of the the dream that I have overall, the actual day-to-day of what my life looks like isn't what I got into this for. If I knew when I got into finance that I would be spending most of my day during this year, not all the time, but during this year, just being on meetings over Zoom, I don't know if that's something I would have gone for. You know, and although like that's something that's been a huge benefit, it's helped me expand my business and go out of state and do, you know, train advisors in other places. Like there's a lot of really positive things that have come out of that. And I'm, I'm very, very blessed to have those as part of what I'm doing here. But I think that the challenge that a lot of people are facing right now is that the dream that they started this overall dream, right. Where they're like, well, you know, if it's, if it's somebody who's running a, a branding company, right. Well, I can get together with people and we can sit down and we can put their, their huge plan together and it's going to be awesome. Now it's okay. Well, we can only do that over zoom. We have a limited time period. Like, you know, we have to send everything over email instead of holding and touching and, you know, like, mm-hmm. like materials and books and things that you're putting in place. Like now the day to day feels different. And so even if your overall dream is staying the same, And I think that that's where we kind of have to steer this conversation because the dream that you have, right, this thing that you're fighting for, the reason that you started your own business or make your own schedule or are fighting so hard, because in reality, like I was at a speaker, I know I'm kind of taking this on on tangents here, but I promise I'll, I'll wrap it back to the beginning point. I was out in Atlanta filming a training video um, a couple weeks ago. And while we were there, we had this basically day long training from all these different leaders within the company. And it was interesting because there's this guy who was from um, Puerto Rico and he was talking about how we have such an opportunity when it comes to entrepreneurship and people look at it in totally wrong ways. And the first way is that like, you don't start a business to immediately do less work, right? Like, I think there's this idea that people want to start a business so that they can whatever, be on their own schedule and be at home watching Maury at 10 o'clock in the morning and, you know, whatever, leave early and show up late. And in reality, like if that's what you want, you probably shouldn't be running a business. Like 
maybe, maybe down the road, I'll say that that's the lifestyle that it certainly can lead to. But most of us got into business because we want something bigger and better for our lives, right? We have this vision of where we're going. And so I think that the focus has to change because although the day-to-day right now kind of sucks, right? It's most of, for most of us anyway, it's not what we anticipated and it's not what we signed up for. Even if it's good in some ways, like it's not the same, right? It just isn't. And instead of focusing on what's happening in the day-to-day, we have to focus on why did I start doing this in the first place? Yeah. Right? Do I still want a better life for myself and my family? Hell yeah, I do. Do I still want more time freedom? Yeah, definitely. Do I want a better cash flow? Yes. Like, do I want to have this, this lifestyle where I'm helping people and I have a beautiful life and, you know, I'm leaving behind this incredible legacy? Like, yes, all of those things are still true. So I have to shift my personal focus from, well, I don't really like what I'm doing in the day to day because it's not what I originally thought I would be doing to, okay, but I'm still doing this because my long-term goals and my big dreams still stay the same. Make sense? Yeah, that makes total sense. I love that. And I'm taking mad furious notes while you do it because I think there's really something here. Um, And I just want to like, I think you made two really important uh, notes there, points there. And I want to kind of recap them because basically what you said is two like really common ideas and it was a redirect on them. And first, first of them was like less work, right? People enter into entrepreneurship uh, for major ideas, for main ideas and like, let's redirect them. And the first one was, I want to do less work. It's really, (laughs) that's really not realistic initially. Uh, So let's, let's adjust that to a bigger and better impact. Um, for the work that I'm doing. That's a really great redirect that you had there. And then the second thing that you said was more cash flow. I want to be keeping an, more of the money that I'm generating for Business X and, and build it myself. And I think the the redirect there that you said, and correct me if I'm wrong, is really it's, it's an investment in your future more than it is uh, more cash flow. Um, and I love that. Um, did I miss anything that you said there? I was taking notes so quickly. I don't think so. I think that's the that's the gist of it. But uh, I don't know. It, it's so interesting because and it's not like we can lump all business owners into one category here, because in reality, if we're looking just at like the level up group that we had last Monday, if you look at that group of people, you have a group of people who there are some people like Amanda, right, who are very intentionally starting businesses and they're prepping and they're being very conscious about it. And they're very intentional because that's what they want to do. Right. And so she's making all of the right steps. She's saving money. She's being very conscious about it. Um, and that's one way to start a business. That's not how everybody starts a business by any means. So for some people like, like Debbie, for instance, right? Like this is something where she's doing something that she really enjoys and she's starting now to build a business off of it. I don't know if that's something that she expects to or wants to do for, for the rest of her life, or if that's something that she expects to be a massive cash cow for her, it certainly could. Um, but she has different intentions going in than other people for her business. And when I started a business, I didn't know I was starting a business. I knew I was becoming a financial advisor, but I didn't know everything that that entailed. So everybody's kind of in, you know, different categories here, but I will say that if you're the kind of entrepreneur that's in it, like you're getting into this because you want this massive vision for your life to come true. And this is for me, I'm here because this is the only path that I see to getting everything that I want out of life. And that's why I'm willing to put a lot into it because I'm expecting to get a lot out of it. So it's, it's kind of, 
a switch from what people traditionally think, which is uh, you go to work and you only do what they ask of you, right? You Mm -hmm. do what's expected of you and you do the minimum. And when I was in the corporate world, uh, I had a few really weird things happen to me right away that I had questions about. It was only weird to me, totally normal for that world, weird for me. So because I was homeschooled, right, I'd worked almost completely on my own time for my entire childhood up to that point. And I never had a grade while I was homeschooled. I never had a deadline while I was homeschooled. Like I just kind of did school when and how I wanted. So if I did it really quick and efficiently, and did a good job of it right at the beginning of the day that I could spend the rest of my time how I pleased. And I kind of assumed that the working world would be similar to that. <laughs> that like, if you're efficient, like if you're efficient, then you are, and you're doing a good job, like you're rewarded yep. for those things. Right. Yep. Turns out that is not how the corporate world worked because I remember my first couple of weeks, once I kind of knew what was going on, they would give me tasks and I would work really hard and I'd go above and beyond. I'd do more than they asked me for. And I would, you know, crush it. And I worked so hard and I was like 19 and I learned how to use all of these data management systems with no direction. Like I I worked my butt off and I would get these projects done by like 11 o'clock in the morning, right? I'd start at eight and get done by 11 and I would have done an awesome job. And I go to my supervisor and I'm like, okay, so I finished this, like, what, what else do you have for me to do? Right. I finished this job. What else is there? And they're like, well, that was it. Like, that was your job. That's what you were supposed to be doing. I'm like, all right, did it. Like what else? And they're like, uh, that's, that's it. Like, that's what we have for you. It's like, okay, well, can I go help other people? Like, are there other people who need help with their jobs? Like, or other departments who need help? And they're like, no, that's not really how, how this works. It's like, okay, so can I go home then? And they're like, no. (laughs) And I was like, wait, so I don't understand this. So really what you're telling me then is that you wanted me to take that task, stretch it out for the entire day and not look for anything else, not go above and beyond, not look for more work to do. Like what? Like, and because I was more efficient, shouldn't you be paying me more? Isn't that something I should be rewarded for? Not penalized? Like, what? I just didn't understand that like that they were so focused on making sure that I clocked in and clocked out at a specific time, but efficiency didn't matter at all. Like it was, it was wild to me. And so that's part of why, um, the idea of being in a position and leaving to think that I could do less is kind of counterintuitive, but in reality, like and, and this is what this, this guy was saying, the speaker that I was listening to, he was, he was like, you should leave because you want to do more and they won't let you. Yeah. Right? Like you want to advance and they won't let you, you want to make more money and they won't let you, you want to work more hours and they won't let you. Like it was such an interesting revelation to me over the last few weeks of, Oh shoot. Like, am I looking at my business? Like this is something I'm walking into expecting to do less than having a job. Like, Oh, I don't know. What an interesting, like thought switch. And that's, that's oh, why I, I love that. I freaking love that. That is amazing. That's the first time I've heard those words strung together in the way, but it, it like sings to my soul, but it also, it makes me think of a lot of the really, really successful business owners I've worked with. And it wasn't because we want less. It was because we want more and we want it our way. Yeah. And this is this is why we've gone out on our own. And and just because things are weird right now doesn't mean like that stops. We still want to yeah. do more. Um, 
And I think there's there's a contingency of folks and just like Taylor that is like, no, I I can't imagine your world right now. And, we, and he's so great. We have so many conversations about like how COVID affects small business in a way that he would never, ever think about uh, without his wife being a small business owner. <laughs> but uh, like, like we just think about it. But for him, he's like, God, this is awful. Like, this is so difficult because you have far less ability to predict what's happening. Um, but we just want to continue to do more. And we put in our blood, sweat and tears and we put in extra hours. And I don't, I don't really understand how to, how to show somebody uh, that level of effort until they've been in it. And that's what you said a few minutes ago. Like you really know if you're in it, if, uh, and it's, if like, challenges make you lean in challenges make you say I want more challenges say I can I can overcome this and I can do more and that's that's really what a successful small business owner or entrepreneur is and I know not everybody that listens to this is a small business owner but that's also how you're successful in any other kind of adversity any other kind of adversity that's ever come my way in life whether it be in school or like high school or college or the military or corporate or small business or friendship or marriage or anything is when adversity comes your way you lean in you don't go hide. You don't go lay down in bed and say, I can't take anymore when you need a, that said, small caveat, you do if your body and your mind and your spirit needs a recharge, go fucking do that. Don't wear yourself into the ground. But that's not a forever answer. It's yeah. a short term answer so that forever you can get up and face adversity. And so whoever is listening to this podcast, times are fucking weird, but that doesn't mean you stop chasing your dreams. And that definitely doesn't mean you stop dreaming big. A hundred percent. That doesn't mean that. Yeah. And I will say that the, that some of the, um, it's not even really advice. And I'm trying to remember where I heard this from too, but there's another interesting idea that I'm I'm trying to apply now, which is that you can, there's a big difference between stopping and pausing. Yeah. Right? There's a really big difference because if the only, the only way that you can truly fail at what you're doing, and I'm, I'm not talking about like little failures along the way. I'm talking about failure at your career and your vision of choice is if you abandon it, right? That's, that's the only real metric of failure because there's a lot of times in, in your life and in your business and whatever your, your journey is where you're going to have seasons of doubt and seasons of depression and seasons of uncertainty and change and confusion. And we're going through pretty much all of those right now. So I can tell you for me, this year has been good in a lot of ways, but this year has also been really hard in a lot of ways because I still have weeks or months sometimes where either I'm dealing with health stuff or I just going through a depression cycle, or I have, um, you know, some sort of adversity that just kind of, you know, puts my, my, you know, trying to think of a way to say this that isn't vulgar, because all of the things that are coming to mind are, um, dick in the dirt bit. is what I'm, yeah, dick in the dirt is what I'm thinking. Um, Perfect. <laughs> the exact right, the exact right saying for this scenario, but um, whatever it is that's, you know, putting you in the dirt per se, uh, <laughs> it's easy to feel like 
like I'm a failure right now because I'm not giving a hundred percent effort. Right. I'm, I can tell you that there's been a lot of times over the last seven to 10 months where I haven't been wanting to do more. I haven't wanted to go above and beyond and I haven't wanted to put in extra time or extra energy or, you know, even really go, you know, 70 or 80% in my business because Mm -hmm. sometimes it's just really hard. You know, we all deal with, with stuff, especially this year. And just knowing, just remembering that as long as you don't stop, right. As long as you don't abandon what you're doing altogether, you're still progressing, right? Small steps are still steps. Like that's still movement in the right direction of your life and your vision and your, and your goals. And sometimes even if it's, I'm building my big dreams through really small steps right now, because that's what I can do. Like that's still progress. That's still work. That's still fits in with, with what it is that you want. Now, granted, small steps can't be your only steps for forever, Otherwise, you're just going to move at a pretty slow pace, which for some people is okay, right? If you're doing something for the joy of it, right, for for a passion project, if you're not relying on that as your income, then you can certainly take smaller steps than if you're relying on a, a newer business, especially for all of your family's income, as some of us are in positions to do, then yeah, eventually you got to make some some major moves. But that doesn't mean that the stuff in between those tiny steps, those valleys of despair or not despair are, aren't still valuable, right? It still contributes towards your longer goals. Yeah. And I think it, it takes a lot of maturity and I, and I don't just mean human maturity. I don't just mean emotional maturity. I think it takes maturity in, in whatever you're pursuing uh, your business or your career or whatever it is to understand when it is time to rest and um, before we started re- recording tonight, you and I were kind of talking about my week and how I just like really slowed down my week, simplified my week. I'm just doing um, really important uh, client meetings. I'm doing this and just really simplifying because my body and my mind is telling me rest. Um, and it's been a, just been a push for the last three months specifically, like it's massive, massive push. And I'm hearing from me rest because I know, I know my business, I have maturity in my business to know that right after Christmas, it's going to, it's going to go again. And there's going to be a, a a minor bump right before Christmas. It's going to be like push and then a massive push. And so now's my time to kind of uh, recharge and rest for that. And I've got enough maturity in this to know if I don't rest now, especially the way my body and and mind and everything is feeling that I need the recharge now, because if I don't, it's going to be really bad in February. So as a business owner, I need to be thinking about February. I need to be thinking about March. I need to be thinking about post COVID. I need to be thinking about that bump. The economy is going to get post election. And, Mm -hmm. and once the, once the new president is in place and all of that, like I, as a business owner have to think that way. And, and so if I'm not living that way and I'm, choosing to train people as small business owners and to think that way, like, what the fuck am I doing? That doesn't mean I can't still say, I know COVID is fucking up my ideas for holding small group retreats Mm -hmm. this winter. Like, I don't want to put anybody at risk. That's probably not happening. Uh, I I probably don't want to be a super spreader event. But however, I can still make that big dream that I've got these massive, awesome retreats coming next year. And so anybody listening to this, you should like 
just because COVID or whatever economy or whatever is happening right now, maybe you're in an illness, maybe your relationship is going through something. It doesn't have to be this nationwide pandemic that is kind of interrupting your dreams. You, whatever's happening to you right now or happening to you in six months or happening to you in three years that is kind of making the world fucking weird doesn't mean that you stop dreaming big. It just means that you adjust your timing and you adjust the way you take care of yourself and your body and, and your business. So just because adversity strikes doesn't mean we stop dreaming big dreams. Hey there. Thanks for listening to the Leveled Up podcast. It would be super helpful for us if you could pass this on to anybody who you think would get just as much value out of this as you do. So go ahead and like, comment, subscribe, follow, Do whatever option you have available on wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you. Keep listening to the Leveled Up Podcast.